excuse me, miss, but this melody's been going through my mind and I can't seem to place it. I wonder if you could help me. Green Dolphin Street, Oscar Peterson Trio with Herb Ellis and Ray Brown. Say, don't I know you from someplace? Like where? Well, it was either the Museum of Modern Art or the Electric Circus. Wait a minute, do you slice herring at Shapiro's delicatessen? You're a very beautiful girl, but you seem sad. Yes. It's a long story. I'm in love with a wonderful man, but it can never work out because of the age difference. You see, I'm 25 and he's 94. And I don't think he's ready to settle down yet. And it is written that she will come to the well and her tongue will cleave to the roof of her palate. And when she speaketh, she will speak weird. It's you. You're not old. That's right. I'm, I'm Dr. David Meredith, the psychoanalyst. And for the last few months, you've been in a new form of psychotherapy that combines the teachings of modern science with the wisdom of the Old Testament. Modern science with the wisdom of the Old Testament. From this day on, you'll be a sophisticated, intelligent woman capable of making any man fall in love with you. Unless, of course, he's an Arab. Tonight, I think I must be the luckiest woman in the world. And so it came to pass that two people of different worlds got married and lived together in mutual harmony and respect until the divorce. And welcome to the Nightfly with me, Dave Jeskow, June 2019 edition. How's everybody doing this week? Taping on a Monday afternoon, Monday evening. Well, about 5 o'clock. Late, coming out Tuesday. So, coming at you with a very current edition comes out only hours later. It's almost uh, Dave Just Got Live. I see Jimmy Kimmel Live, but it ain't live. They tape that thing three hours in advance, so it's kind of live. They used to tape it live, but now they don't. So it's kind of a tease. We should sue them for misleading us since it's not live. Well, this is me, Dave Just uh, Now, I think five weeks into the firing. Trying to live my life. And today, maybe, could be the first day of the rest of my life. I mean, I know I said that the first week after I got fired, it could be the first day of the rest of my life. But I think this week, well, today, might be the day. I don't know. Still trying to work stuff out. I actually got up early this morning. Like, I set my alarm. I haven't done that in a month. I was going out, uh, I was meeting Rachel Feinstein. We went to Soul Cycle today. That's a big jump for me. I haven't exercised in uh, 
many years. <laughs> the last time I exercised was at SoulCycle with my friend. I gave it up because they uh, fired her. Interesting. My friend, my friend who got me into SoulCycle, she was uh, one of the best instructors ever, and, and that didn't change with anything that happened today. And her name was Lori, and she was wonderful, and they fired her, I think, for ageism, but perhaps there was another issue. I was very upset. So I never went back to SoulCycle, and I stopped exercising. And um, today, finally, I, I picked it up again, thank God. I was angry at SoulCycle, but I like SoulCycle. I like the, I like what it does. You know, I like the the, the fact that it's an overall workout. You know, it's 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 cycling, which I'm 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 good at and and I like. And then you you know you're doing like uh, push-ups and stuff while you're biking, and then, and then you take some weights and you know you, you you're working your arms and your body and cardio. It, it just seems like an all-around workout. Forty-five minutes and you're out seems like a pretty good deal, you know, so I like it. Well, anyway, thank you everybody for coming and joining us at the Nightfly podcast. Uh, we love having you, and it's always a good time here in New York City in the uh, bedroom overlooking the uh, beautiful, disgusting East River at the same time. And uh, today, uh, yeah, so I had to go out to Brooklyn and Williamsburg today. Williamsburg, you know, where the, uh, where the hipsters hang. And I got up at uh, 7 o'clock. You know, that, that's early for me now. Oh, wait, hold on. I want to switch. I hear a noise. I want to stop it. Good. Um, which is very early. And I took, I took the city bike down to the ferry on 34th street and then the ferry to Williamsburg. And I got there in plenty of time. We soul cycled Rachel Feinstein and I, and then, uh, it was pretty good. So I'm telling you, none of the instructors are like Lori though. You know, they, first of all, they do impossible things that no human being could do. And this woman was obviously a dancer. So, so sexy. When she got up and she was just moving, I'm like, oh, my God, she's a dancer. She's a dancer. And then later they're like, I'm like, boy, she was great. They're like, yeah, she's a dancer. I'm like, I know. Listen, I know about dancing. I attend the ballet often, so I can tell a professional dancer when I see one. So I didn't need for you to tell me that she was a dancer. And it was her birthday today, and Rachel was like, yeah, she said she was 40. And I'm like, that girl is not 40. She was 24. I don't know what Rachel was hearing. Meanwhile, I think I might be too old for the music. <laughs> it was loud and uh, it was it was confusing. And I think I need to put in uh, earplugs next time, maybe. I mean, the music is fine. It's just, it was loud. I don't know whether I can handle it anymore. It's too confusing when you're also cycling and that kind of stuff. I'm sure I was the oldest person there. But I do like it, and it's an outstanding workout. You get all sweaty, and it's kind of gross, but it's awesome, you know, because then you feel like you've actually done a workout. And then we walked around Williamsburg, went, had a little little breakfast. It was very nice. A little burrito breakfast, uh, burrito brunch, burrito, what do you call it? Bre breakfast burrito. And uh, some coffee, and then we walked uh, back to Greenpoint, and then I took the city bike back to the ferry, and the ferry home, and I'll tell you, you know, 
I did everything I need to do in one day. Now, I never have to exercise again. It's beautiful. No, but if I could do it one other time this week, I mean, that's, you know, you're doing something. Doing something, you got to do something. You can't just be hanging around sleeping all day, right? I got to do something. So that's what I did today. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I feel pretty good, you know, because that's a quality way to start. I think we're going to do it every Monday. I like it. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm like, geez, I don't know. Mondays are tough for me. And I'm like, why are they tough for me? Why are they tough for me? I got to get out of the mentality that I have anything else to do. Now I live a comedian's lifestyle. I can do stuff in the morning and all day and I perform at night. Now I have nothing to do tonight, but technically that's the way it's supposed to go. But um, anyway, I will tell you this. I'm pretty angry. I... I bought this new underwear that Howard Stern's been mentioning for a long time called Tommy John underwear. And it's very delightful. It's nice, but it's like $37 a pair. So I bought one about three months ago, one pair just to try it. And I liked it. So I bought three more last week and one of them came. And of course I used this good, Nyla, this what's called uh, this underwear. I think they it's like half spandex or something. Whatever. It's not like a thinning thing. It's just a good underwear. It's supposed to keep you dry. You know, like all that kind of stuff that uh, you know men prefer. And uh, so after Soul Cycle, I mean, this is kind of gross, but I'm going to tell you anyway because it's pretty fucked up. I go to the bathroom and my penis is like black, um, and I'm not talking in a good way large black guy penis i'm talking about it's black from the fucking underwear i don't know what's going on i mean I've, i know it's gonna wash off i, I haven't showered yet because you know, i'm just i just came back into the pockets i figured i was like let me just get going let me just go because i gotta color my hair today and uh i i thought if i had the headphones and the haircut it'd be too itchy so i'm like let me just do the podcast first then i'll i'll, I'll shower take care but it's black like the the underwear is like what, the, what what is this what is this so, I mean, I can't wait to call this guy. I'm going to call the president of this Tommy John. I'll be like, are you fucking kidding me? So I want to take a picture of my penis, <laughs> which I've never said before. I've never done before because, you know, you only take a picture of your penis. You only Anthony Weiner it up <laughs> if you have a large penis. Why would you ever take a picture of your penis if it is not the largest penis of all time? But I kind of want to take a picture of the penis. I'm like, look, you fucking jerk offs. Yeah, you know, I could probably get some sort of money out of these guys because y- your product is, is is quite inferior. So technically, I could probably sue this company, but do I want to send pictures of my penis to everybody? I I, I don't want to sue anybody. I'm just saying it's pretty bad that my my penis is is black, as if as if I was using a hair dye on my penis. And I, I'm just going to say penis one more time. And then that'll be it. But let me tell you, the terrifying, I mean, you have dreams about that. Guys have dreams sometimes. You, you're dreaming that something's happened to your penis. And, and it's terrifying. So this was like, oh, my God. You know, it's almost like, it, it, you know, it's the most terrifying thing that can happen. Like your penis is falling apart. It is not something you want to see, especially when you don't have insurance. And, and you're nervous about everything. The last thing you want to see is your penis. Uh, with, with who knows what the fuck is on it. I mean, I assume it's coming off. If it doesn't come off, well, then we got a lawsuit. 
I mean, I'm assuming it's going to come directly off. But what the fuck kind of underwear? $40 for underwear that can't take one soul cycle class? Are you fucking kidding me? These guys are in big trouble. Tommy John underwear. What the fuck is that about? That's fucked up, right? Yeah, it's fucked up. I can't wait to hear their explanation. Oh, maybe you got a bad pair. I'm like, I got a bad pair for 40 fucking dollars. You people charge $40 a pair of underwear. And that's what happened. Oh, it's not made for working. It's not made for working out. Shut the fuck up. I have buying, been buying low quality underwear for 50 years. You know, crap from, you know, Old Navy and shit. And not once has that ever happened in the, in the toughest of circumstances. You know, when I wear underwear to the beach under my bathing suit. I've never, it's never, uh, ink has never uh, gone onto my scrotum. It's, I can't say, I don't like saying that word. But I mean, I mean, this expensive pair of underwear can't handle one workout? Are you kidding me? That's messed up. So, yeah. Uh, it's not the way I wanted to start the show, but I mean, Jesus Christ. What the hell is happening here? It better come off to be continued. Because I'm going to shower eventually, I guess. <laughs> well, of course I am. Just sometimes. Um... Yeah, I just wanted to get this done, you know, because I kept procrastinating. It. Not not that I don't like doing the podcast, you know, just like I, I you know, you, you, you tend to procrastinate like I should have done it yesterday. And I was like, I couldn't do it. I was feeling blue. I mean, I don't know. Should I start with the week or should I go backwards? Uh, let's start from the beginning. So, and then I got to, uh, yeah, let's just start from the beginning. Uh, sorry, I'm looking around what I got going on. So, um, yes, let's start with Tuesday. So speaking of, right, being angry about everything. Uh, first of all, first of all, so we're beginning, there's no. Uh, new news on the getting fired front. Uh, well, there is actually new news. Because, well, okay, so that's Wednesday. Okay, so let's start for the beginning of the week. I mean, what? How does someone spend their week when they're doing nothing? Let's take a look. Mostly, I've been getting pretty fat because I only meet for lunches and dinners. That's what you do when you're not doing anything. I set up lunches, I set up dinners. And I do no exercise. But today... I finally put that together. Me and my black penis. Doesn't that sound racist? It's not. Anyway, on Tuesday, I had lunch at Quality Meats with Jim Brown, guy that listens to this podcast, but I've known him through another guy. And uh, I was just asking him some questions. And we had a lovely lunch at Quality Meats. But I was angry about Everything. The whole meal just pissed me off. This is a rather expensive place. It's a quality place. They charge a lot of money for nonsense. You know, they're all fancy schmancy. And then when they, when you don't, when I'm not getting what I want, I'm, I, I just like, well, I enjoy complaining. So I order a Caesar salad, and I, and it comes, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And it's like, you know, it, it, it's like stalks. Remember, I had that delicious Caesar salad at that place. Well, this was the opposite, where it's like stalks. 
you know, when you try and get fancy schmancy with basics, you suck. You don't want to have a Caesar salad with celery with the lettuce stalks. It's so stupid. I'm like, this blows. I called the waitress over. I'm like, what the fuck is this? She's like, oh, you don't like, do you want me to chop it up? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, do that. That'll be okay. I thought she was going to be angry, but she seemed to get, like, as long as I was just like, yeah, maybe chopping up, it'll be better. Then it was fine. It just looked so unappetizing. I'm like, why do you guys serve something like this? Because then we ordered filet mignon, and we, or I ordered the filet mignon, and it was, it was bad. The place called Quality Meats, it was a bad, it wasn't great. Now, I ordered it, and I've told you this before, I ordered it medium. I wanted it medium rare, but I've been told in Manhattan at least, and I don't know if they're doing this anywhere else, and it's a thing that if you want it medium rare, you have to order it medium because these steak places are now cooking stuff one level less because you can always put it back on the grill, but you can't take it back. So if I say medium rare and then I've usually been getting it rare and that's too much. So if I say medium, I get it medium rare, but I think I should have said medium rare at this place. I can't tell which places are doing that or not. So I, I, I didn't, the cut was just okay. It wasn't good. Places called quality meats. It wasn't that quality. It wasn't quality. Maybe I just don't like filet mignon, but who doesn't like filet mignon? What the fuck is the matter with it? Well, I'm saying it. I'm, my mouth is watering because, you know, technically filet mignon, medium rare should be delicious. So I was complaining about everything, but it was kind of funny. And the, I think the waitress was getting a kick out of it. She's like, well, how is it? I'm like, eh, it's all right. Then we had dessert. Wait, didn't I complain about the dessert too? Uh, I don't remember what it was, but I'm pretty sure I was complaining about it. I was really enjoying complaining about everything. I was really getting an enjoyment out of complaining. I mean, it is what I like to do. And the, but it wasn't that great. The meal wasn't that great. I mean, the company was good. The, the lunch was good itself. The wait staff was nice, but the food was just so-so. And I've eaten there before, and it's been okay. Quality meat. Fuck you. You and Tommy John's can suck on my black penis. I hope you listened to the beginning of the show before you heard that. See, every time I say it, I'm getting nervous. So that was on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday, I went to this place, Park Italian Gourmet, which I've been going to for a long time, uh, because it's Shrimp Parm Wednesdays. So every, you know, shrimp, they have Shrimp Parm on Wednesdays. They go there around 1230. I have Shrimp Parm Wednesdays. And uh, usually I get you, because I knew I was having dinner that night, I didn't want to get a Shrimp Parm Hero. I didn't want to eat bread. And I know carbs are probably all the same, but in my mind, having a Shrimp Parm Hero on a, on a roll is going to be too filling. Whereas if I get the shrimp parm over baked ziti, for some reason in my mind, even though it's totally carb filled, it sounds less. When you have a hero and you think of it like, I can't believe this hero is going to be inside of me soon. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm like, wait, I'm putting this whole thing in me. You know what I'm saying? It just looks like, wait, that whole thing just went down my belly. It just seems in your head, like, come on. That's a filling thing to put down. I'm going to put down a whole submarine sandwich down my throat. Everything sounds like I'm saying it uh, crudely today. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I'm putting this whole sandwich down my throat. You know what I'm saying? No, I can take it all the way in. It's unbelievable. Uh, 
but they had no baked ziti. They ran out of baked ziti at noon. Or at, what was it, quarter to one? They ran out of baked ziti? I don't know what's happening. I think people are doing this on purpose just so I'll complain about it. I mean, that made me so angry. And the guy's like, yeah, we're out of baked ziti. I'm like, you're out of baked ziti at a quarter to one on a Wednesday. And the guy's like, yeah, what do you want me to tell you? And I'm like, I want you to tell me that there's definitely another tray of baked ziti back there. That's impossible. You don't have any baked ziti coming. But you really don't want any trouble from these guys. But kind of, I do want to make some trouble. Because what do I care? What are they going to do? Well, they might ban me from the place. They could be like the soup Nazis. I got to say that shrimp parm's delicious. I mean, it just really is. So then I was angry about that, but I tried to get over that because the shrimp parm hero was delicious. I was just trying to save my appetite because I was having dinner with the Bronx district attorney. Because I know everybody everywhere. So I had dinner with the Bronx district attorney so we can go over my case at my job. I've known this person for a long time and they invite me over for a lovely dinner. You know, because usually I have dinner, as you know, with the Brooklyn DA. But she quit her job, so now I had to move over to the Bronx DA. And I don't know why I know all these district attorneys, but I do. And they're like, I think you have a case. This sounds completely unjustified. It sounds like somebody's setting you up, this kind of stuff. You know, whatever. We're talking about the stuff. You know, we had a lovely dinner. I like... uh. They're both females, which is funny. District attorney, I mean, come on. Female district attorney. Let me tell you something. On the ferry today, the New York City ferry, uh, these women were docking the boats. And, you know, they were letting people on. I'm like, but there's a guy captain, right? I mean, there's a guy running the boat, right? <laughs> I mean, right? And they're like, yeah, there's a friend. I'm like, oh, all right. Because otherwise, I mean, come on. I mean, we can let women do certain things. Sure, they can dock the boat and everything. But there's obviously a guy driving the boat, right? I mean, come on, right? Come on. What's going on? <laughs> All right, I didn't say it, but I was... Well, I thought about it for a second, but I, I'm sure I would have been completely comfortable with a woman doing it. But I, I don't think I've ever seen a woman captain before. And remember, if it's the captain's mess, let him clean it up. Mess. Let him clean it up. Hey, so, uh, yeah. So I'm meeting with the DA, and I like her husband as well too. And they, and he makes a he he's a really good cook. So every time I go over there, he he makes a you know like a whole chicken. But he, you know, he he's one of those guys. He puts out you know the appetizer first. He's also a wine connoisseur. I think he's a sommelier. So he's like you know let's try this wine. And we're always drinking a lot of wine. And then he has, um, what did he put? Oh, he put out, he fucking put out shrimp cocktail for starters. And I'm like, dude, this is like my favorite appetizer in the whole world. He goes, it is? I'm like, yes. Oh, I, it was beautiful. And they were peeling the shrimp so I didn't have to do it myself beforehand. I didn't even know that was, or something like that. Or no, no, he was cooked. I don't know what happened. Anyway, it was a beautiful appetizer. But meanwhile, he put, he was making olives and he was placing almonds into the olives. And I was like, I'm not going to like that. So I tried one without saying anything first. And I'm like, this is disgusting. I don't care for almonds with olives. He's like, you, you don't like it? I'm like, no, I do not like it. And there shouldn't be almonds in the olives. I don't know why you're doing that. 
And so then I had to take the out. He's like, oh, we'll try these. He's without. Can you believe I'm complaining about everything? This, it, I don't even know why people would ever want to dine with me. I can't stop complaining about anything, but I, I feel I have to be honest because I'm old. Like, I, I, I don't feel like I, I'm like, these are, these are gross. What the fuck is the matter with you? Who the fuck? Who puts almonds in olives? Maybe a pimento. It just was not working. I could probably eat almonds alone and I can eat olives alone, but I can't have the combination. It was not working. But I like his attempt to do something nice, but I really had to let him have it. Let's face it. I can't believe he didn't kick me out of the house, but he didn't. And then he made like this beautiful chicken and then he took the chicken liver and he put that into like a pate. Oh, it was a delicious meal. Delicious meal. And we had a lovely conversation like adult. And, uh, and I was, uh, yeah, I was already hungry by then. And, um, yeah, and I walked, so I was walking up that way and, uh, it's so funny. I was talking to a friend on the phone. I was just walking to her house and, uh, the handyman from my old job from 30 years ago, (laughs) just go, he's like across the street, just go. You know, he's like, call me. I'm like, oh, I got to go. Because I'll remember, I always hang up. The live person gets the, what do you, the live person takes precedence. You got to hang up on the phone, whoever you're talking to. The live person always gets precedence. So I hung up and I went to the live person. It was so great to see him. He was with all his guys that I haven't seen in so long. They were all going to get a drink. So we had like one drink and then I went to the place. It was so funny. This guy, he's so, he was, this is the guy I think I told you about. I mean, I had a show idea. You know, they have those secret room. You know, he's got the downstairs. He's in charge of that building. This is where Governor Pataki used to work. And he's in charge of that building. He can, he's run of the building. Any of the stores downstairs, he just has run. Everybody trusts him. He's a great guy. And he just has all these secret passages that they built and that, room which is amazing like their hangout room which he built you know he's a handyman and constructed with a secret bookcase that leads into it the owner of the place doesn't even know it's so fantastic i always wanted to do a sitcom that actually called high maintenance and i believe hbo does a show called high maintenance which makes me angry but it but they're talking about weed i was just talking about the handyman that work in buildings of high rises and well anywhere really but it's uh, funny where they all get, you know, they all just have run of the shops, the buildings, anything inside the building. And, you know, we well, actually before Trump was president, that's where I wanted to do it. Trump Towers, the, the maintenance crew that works at a high rise building where, you know, the guy is like a legendary billionaire or something. And he gets invited to everything. You know, he's a handyman guy, but he gets invited to these fancy, ritzy parties because he's friends with everybody in the building. Would have been a great show. Anyway, this guy's terrific. And... uh that was really funny. I don't know why I bought it up. I feel like I had a reason, but I don't remember what it was. It was just nice to see him. It's nice to see anybody at this point. Of course, I told him the whole story. He couldn't believe it. You know, it's a classic story. I mean, this this story just, it, it really was right itself, and people get excited about it because, you know, it's funny. I mean, you get me too in this day and age. It's exciting. You know, I got fired for something that is just completely relevant in our society at this time. I mean, that is exciting. You know, get fired for embezzling or stuff like that. That's old. That's boring. You want to get fired for something that's happening now. 
a word you didn't even know two years ago. Now that's quality just gal. Boom. Zing. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, and then is this, are we doing okay? Yeah, right? Everybody's happy doing podcasts? Um, I never know anymore what's good or if it's a good podcast or not or what's happening. I'm very confused. Um, but I am also uh, very excited to bring it to you. In fact, uh, yeah, so then on, uh, yeah, we'll just go through the week, right? We'll go through the week and then we have other stuff we have to talk about. Well, let me break it up by telling you this because you're not going to believe this. You're not going to, I'm just going to tell it to you. I'm just going to come out and just say. This is a Rhoda story because I still don't understand what's happened. This is my mother, right? You're not going to believe this when I tell it to you. Are you sitting down? Have you had enough to eat? I'm serious. This is unbelievable. This is the best Rhoda story I've heard. yet. This makes zero sense. This woman has now truly become the worst grandmother in the history of grandmothers. I mean, I don't know what her deal is, whether it's jealousy, whether it's just I hate everyone. I mean, obviously, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Or... She just, I, I don't, I, this is bewildering. I got my niece a job at the Devils, the New Jersey Devils, and it's very exciting. She's working there for the summer while she's in school, and it's like an exciting job that, you know, most of us couldn't possibly imagine having while we were in college. I mean, it's like a, a dream come true to, you know, can you imagine? I mean, if I, if I was in college and I was like working for the, during the summer working for the Rangers or the Mets. I mean, that would be so exciting. And there's, if you're working at Madison Square Garden for the summer and you you deal with concerts and stuff like that. I mean, that would have been the most amazing summer job ever. It is not an internship. It is a paid job, paid summer job. Uh, she has to be there every day. She has to work overtime because there are concerts. Uh, but they you know, work it out where it's like, if there's no concerts, you know, don't worry about it. You don't work that long, whatever, but you're, this is, this is what it is. It's a paid job. And my mother keeps going like, well, you know, it's great that she has this internship. I'm like, it's not an internship. It's a job. It's a summer job. She goes, no, no, it's an internship. I'm like, it's a summer job. She's getting paid. She goes, some internships get paid. I'm like, this is more of a job. She gets paid. She's going there every day. She has a parking space. I mean, it, it doesn't sound like an internship to me. And why are you demeaning it? What's the difference? What do you care if it's a, why are you saying it like you refuse to believe it's a summer job? It's like you're angry at her that she has a job. She says, no, I'm not saying it. I'm like, that's what it sounds like you're saying. It sounds like you're demeaning it, that you're just saying like, no, it's not a real job. Remember, David, it's just an internship. Like she's angry. That's what I'm thinking to myself. I'm like, I'm crazy. She's probably not doing that. But it really sounded like that. And I was just really so angry at her. I hung up the phone. Not on, you know, I say goodbye, but I'm like, I'm done with this conversation. I call up Beth, my sister, and I say, well, I just got into a fight with your mother. She's crazy. And I told her the situation. And she tells me that the day before or a week before, whatever the hell it is, her and Dory were at Nordstrom's shopping together. And my mother loves shopping at Nordstrom's and she has this one woman she always goes to that helps her out. So she's known her for years and they're talking to the woman and the woman politely asks Dory. So what are you doing this summer before dental school? 
And Dory goes, oh, I'm actually in a production of Avita and plays in the park, which is a big deal because the store where Nordstrom is is right next door to the park. So everybody knows what it is. And the lady goes, wow, that's amazing. That's so cool. And my mother goes, it's a very small part. Her and my daughter have a very small part. And then the woman didn't even know how to. She's like, oh, um, well, congratulations. I mean, what? What have you ever heard of a grandmother whoever who doesn't exaggerate, who goes the complete opposite way who doesn't say yeah it's amazing her and my daughter got parts in the show it's a miracle that instead you're like they both have really small parts they're pretty lucky they got into the show at all basically my granddaughter is not very talented so she got very i mean this is what she's technically saying who talks like what grandmother says that so she, so i was right she is demeaning liza She's like, hey, it's not a real job. Why? Why is she acting like that? You know, this leads me to believe the reason she won't get food for her grandkids is because she hates them. I I don't know why. I, I don't know what is the cause, except she's jealous that they're young i what a what kind of grandmother is that 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 every grandmother i've ever met is always like oh my daughter is in place in the park she's amazing her voice is like an angel and my my granddaughter just got in it too so it's amazing that uh, and i mean she would be like you know it's like they're in this show and they're so happy you're not gonna say it's a small part nobody says it. but even if you do if you're talking I remember, you you say all the accolades first and then you say you know it's not the biggest part but they're hoping but i don't even think you'd say that as a grandmother and a grandmother all you do is say oh my son just got fired but he's really concentrating on his comedy career he's really gonna be i mean if, if i was a grandson or whatever i mean this doesn't make sense am i crazy You guys know what I'm talking about, right? This is insane. What grandmother do you know doesn't just automatically praise grandkids? That's all you're supposed to do. And it's not like where me and Beth will admit, like, you know, I'm sure I will be that way, but I'm saying like, she's like, well, listen, my my kid ain't that bright, you know, because it's funny. So we always play it down. She's not like that kind of, but a grandmother's job is to let the grandkids eat anything they want, give them money and just praise them to other people they meet. Oh, my grandkids are doing so well. Dory, well, she's going to go to medical school, but it's only Rutgers. I mean, this is what she's doing. What the fuck? Where does that come from? And how are me and Beth supposed to survive if that's what our mother... So then I say, well, it's like our dad was a horrible dad, but he was a really good grandfather. He wanted to be. He wanted to excel. Like he even said, I want to make up. I want to be the best grandfather. So he was a pretty good grandfather. You know, I mean, he just loved the kids and he was very much being... a gra- He liked being a grandfather. I don't know what he did, anything special. I just can't remember. I didn't care. <laughs> but... He tried to be a good grandfather. I mean, he put effort into it. 
my mother, I said, well, she was a good mother. She's a horrible grandmother. I guess it's one or the other. And she goes, she wasn't that good a mother. And I'm like, she wasn't. She goes, no, if she was a better mother, she would have been able to deal with you better. She would have been able to understand you. She couldn't understand you. I'm like, well, I'm not going to blame her for that. For that, you know, I'm an idiot. I'm in an anomaly. I mean, there was no books on how to deal with a person like me growing up. There were no books on parenting. Um, I don't blame her for that. I blame myself. I, I thought she was an okay mother as far as mothers go, but she is possibly the worst grandmother I have ever seen in my entire life um, because I've never heard of anything else. Like even the mothers that are horrible to maybe, you know, like that, like Joel Steinberg was killing his kid and stuff. It's not a grandparent. It's the parents. I, I've never really heard of a, a grandmother that just doesn't give a shit. It's weird. Like she's just angry and jealous just the way my dad was of me. Why is she jealous of her grandkids? What is that? What is, about what? I We can't figure it out. It's the strangest thing I've ever heard. And also the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Dory's sitting there like she doesn't have enough problems. She's like, eh. She's like, so it's, it's a small part? Well, I... I guess, but I, you know, I was kind of looking forward to it, but now that my grandmother says it sucks, uh, yeah, I guess my life pretty much sucks. Uh, huh. It's so fucked up. <laughs> Why would she do that? It doesn't make any sense. Meanwhile, my sister says, Dory's a fucking idiot because she doesn't know how to work a phone. And I'm like, what? Because... I guess they're in this stupid production of Avita. Oh, my God. I'm probably going to go see this piece of shit again. I am so angry. You know what? I think when I do Sarah's show, I'm going to talk about Newsies. I'm pretty much I'm going to say, this fucking sucks. I'm gonna, I think it'll be funny. I'm like, you know, I think the way I'm trying to craft the joke is that's like, uh, yeah, my sister's, you know, it's one of those people, you know how like you're, you know, it sucks when you have to go to kids' play. You're like, you don't realize when you're in a play in high school or junior high and and you don't realize that everybody's got to come see it and they're miserable until you become an uncle or a parent and then you realize, oh my God, this is what I made everybody do. The worst part is that my sister continues this at her age and like we still got to see her stupid shows and then the nerve of writing, it's a very important piece. It's a, you know, it deals with, I'm like, does it deal with Iran? Like, like the new, the, the goings on, that possible war is going to No, no. Is it something about Ken Jeong-un? Is it, uh, is it about human trafficking? No, no, no. It's a much more important. It's about the uh, paper boy strike of 1899. And I'm like, what? Excuse me. I, here's what I thought I heard you say. So, I, I mean, this, this is why I'm so angry. So I, I got to sit through this nonsense and they're all horrible. Everybody sucks. Anyway, the point being, I guess Dory had to, at, at some point, use an old-fashioned phone. And when I say an old-fashioned phone, pretty much a corded phone that nobody has anymore, you know? And she didn't know which part to talk in. Now, anybody that's over 40, I guess, it would be laughing at this. Can you imagine? This is a girl who's going to medical school. She graduated Phi Beta Kappa, and maybe there was a different... It might not be Phi Kappa, but it's like the top beta cap crap that summa cum laude, whatever it is, from Rutgers. She didn't know how to work a goddamn corded phone. Not a cordless phone, a cord phone. She didn't know which end to talk into. They had to tell her. No, no, you dummy. No, you talk this way, you dummy. 
Now, let me tell you something. I am not old enough to use a two-pronged phone that you would see in the movies, you know, where you got one piece to your ear and one piece into the phone. But I certainly knew from watching movies where to put the pieces, where to talk into, and where to put the earpiece. I, I, it's, that's, I mean, what? I get it, kind of, but it's just funny when somebody's that smart and they're that stupid at the same time. It's just the way, like, Dory is with directions. You know, she's so smart, but she doesn't know where she's going or where she is. She has no sense of direction. That's a whole different thing. But I like that uh, that story that's really funny, and it totally makes everyone feel old. I mean, I, have a, I still have a landline, but it's a cordless phone. I wonder if she knows how to use that. Yeah, because they have a cordless phone at their house. But yeah, I still have a corded phone in my bedroom, but it's not plugged in. But I have it for old time's sake. So she's seen the phone in my bedroom when she sleeps over. But I guess she she's probably looking at it like, I don't know what that is. Should I pick it up? I hear a phone ringing. Should, is that it? Oh, my family's a mess. A mess. A mess. Oh, by the way, I love Joe Messina. I do very much so. And it, it's an honor to be asked to go to the Maria Messina Invitational every year at the track. And I had nothing but a good time. And I bought my friend Audrey. Remember, everybody loved her. She was terrific. We talked about this last week. And this was on June 8th. But unfortunately, I missed seeing Dave and Jeff doing bumping mics in Vegas at the Mirage on June 8th, which I totally would have flown out to see, but I stayed here for the Maria Messina Invitational. Now, at the time, I was like, okay, no problem. I'm excited to go to the track. They're going to Vegas. I've been with them in Vegas before. It's not a big deal. But Attell calls me the day after their show, and what I missed is that after the show, David Tell and Jeff Ross, Pendulette and Carrot Top all had dinner together. And the fact that I wasn't at that dinner makes Joe Messina the worst person on the planet. <laughs> I mean... Oh, my God. If I was at that dinner, the, the, I, I might have had to do a podcast just into my phone that night after. And I'm sorry, Joe, but apparently Carrot Top and Pendulette got into a fight. And the fact that I missed that, you suck. I mean, I know you're listening to this and you're saying like, fuck, I really mess. Like he's not angry. He's going to be like, damn it. What? I'm sorry. I didn't know you were going to miss that. I'm like, well, you knew that was going to happen if I didn't go there. Now that never would have happened if I was there. Probably. But although nowadays I think it would have happened. I can't picture a better scenario than being out to dinner with five of us and Penn from Penn and Teller and Carrot Top 
Get into a fight. I don't remember what he said. I'll, I'll, I can ask him again later. And I'm not there to see it. I, 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 don't, I don't know how to handle it. I can't process it. It's making me very upset. Uh, because that's maybe the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. That if I was a part of this, everybody who listens to my show, who loves this kind of stuff, would be like, dude, you live... The greatest life in the history of lives. So even though you got fired, your life just got to this next level of greatness if I was at that dinner. Can you do me a favor? Can you just tell me that? Was I at least at that dinner? Was I at that dinner? Can you at least tell me that? Commission, Mr. Rothstein is pleased to be here today. And when the day finally came, I was ready. I felt so confident that all I had to do was present my case. And we have documents, one of which is a report by retired FBI agents, which completely absolves Mr. Rothstein from any wrongdoing. I'd like this marked. Pardon me, Counselor, before you continue. No, I want to have this marked. This uh, this commission is prepared to act on a motion denying the Rothstein application. Do I hear a motion seconded? Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, I second the motion. Do I have a vote on the motion? Mr. Chairman. Aye. 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 The ayes have it. This hearing is adjourned. You guys have to be kidding. Adjourned? What do you mean adjourned? Mr. Chairman, please. Mr. Chairman, Senator, you promised me a hearing. You won't allow me a hearing? You didn't even look at the FBI reports. When you were my guest, Mr. Chairman, Senator, at the Tangiers Hotel, did you not promise me that I would I have a fair hearing? I was never your guest at the You Tangiers. were never my guest? I never That's comped right. you? I don't comp you at least two or three times a month at the Tangiers? I, I, I'd like to answer that at this time. Liar. Mr. Rothstein is being very typical to this point, he's lying. The only time I was at the Tangiers was when I had dinner with Barney Greenstein. Was I at that dinner? You Just tell me, was, was I at the dinner? Was I at that dinner? You were wandering Was around. I at that dinner? You were in the you were in the building. I was in the building? So you know damn well I was at that dinner, and you swore to me that I would have a fair hearing at that dinner. Did you not? Did you not? Well, tell me I was at least at the dinner. Allow me that much. Give me that much at least. Yes, you were. Yeah, thanks for not calling me a liar, son of a bitch. Yes, Good evening, son everyone. Of a... I'm Paige Novador. What should have... Um, <laughs> just at least tell me I was at that dinner. Just tell me, was I at that dinner? Thanks for not calling me a liar, because that's what would have happened. You were not at a dinner with Carrot Top and Pendulette getting into a fight. I'm like, no, come, yes, I was. And I'd have to say that to a tell. Can you at least do me a favor? Can you, tell me I, can you at least tell me I was at that dinner? Was I at that dinner? Yes, you were at that dinner. All right, thanks for not calling me a liar. But I wasn't at the dinner. Damn it! I wasn't at the dinner. I was at the track. And it was super fun, but come on! Damn it! Damn it. Son of a... Those... That would be like, oh my God, I did karaoke with Paul Rudd last night. You should have come. What? You And then, yeah, then we went out for milkshakes. What? I missed that? Unfortunately, I did not miss that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this would have been up there. Please, folks, you know this show. That dinner would have been up there with the Paul Rudd night. Please. You just put the, add that to the fucking bucket list. Carrot Top getting into a fight? I, I, I'll find out more information. I forgot. Jesus Christ. So, I'm sitting here going, now I'm like so disappointed. So anyway, anyway, let's get off of that because, you know, it's just going to upset me and I want to get upset. Um, 
so Thursday night, I went out with the owner of the New York Comedy Club, Emilio Savone, and he's a lovely guy. He's so nice to me. We went out for dinner. He uh, goes to the Soho House, uh, you know, which is only for the elite artistry. Uh, and we had a lovely time, a really great time. We we're joking around. You know, he owns these two clubs now. Actually, more. He opens. Uh, he's got a place in Atlantic City. He's got a place in Connecticut. Uh, you know, he's he's gonna he's gonna be big. And he's a lovely guy, and he's very nice to me. Uh, but probably just a little angry that I do most of my stuff at the cellar. But you know, I'm lucky I get to do anything. Uh, and I was meeting him just to talk about maybe getting some gigs or something so I can work out. And we just had such a good time. Then we went to this bar next door called Bar and Books to smoke cigars, and we drank martinis. It was so much fun. Again, you know, it's like you just got to, you know, I got to relax. I got to get out of the mood that all this bad stuff's happened. But now it's a month, you know, so I'm feeling much better. And I'm always just like, what am I worried about? I got to, what am I doing tomorrow? I'm doing nothing. You know, where, where, there's, where there's, when you work, you know, the next day you're stressed. Uh, I don't want to drink. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, but now I'm like, what am I worried about? Got to relax. Cause that, that's at least Dave Juskow was, was always, uh, I got to be a little careful. I got to work in the morning. But now I don't have to. So I'm like, what am I worried about? Smoking cigars was so much fun. Uh, so much fun. Smoking a cigar in a in a bar, drinking a martini. The only, you know, issue is you got to burn all your clothing when you get home because it stinks. I had to Febreze everything before I bring it to the dry cleaners. Uh, so that's the only flaw. Then we went to his uh, club, which is on 4th Street. Watched the end of the Warriors Toronto game, which I can't believe I... You know, definitely had money on the Warriors. Just, I, I, I really thought they'd go to a game seven. That was very shocking. Uh, but it was still a good time. It was fun to watch. and was drinking. And then we went to the his other club to watch the end of the roast battle. So we had a great night. And then uh, I got to hang out with Matt Richards, the new host of HQ, now that Scott's gone. And we had a great time, me and Matt Richards, Great time drinking, laughing, smoking a little bit. And I already booked him for my August 5th show to do Dave Just Got Birthday Trivia, as Scott did last year. And and he's a, a regular comic, so he's really good. And he was judging the roast battle. Great guy. We really hit it off. We had a great time. Uh, you know, Emilio left, and we were still hanging out, and we took each other's numbers. He was really nice. Really, really nice guy. And he's a dancer. You know, he took ballet and tap like I did too. I think he went a little further. Uh, So we really had a lot in common, but he's only 30. I I thought he was older. Um, Not because he looks older, just because uh, I'm having trouble with the chair. Hold on. Uh, I just, I just thought he, he just handles himself older and he's always in a suit every day on the show. So I, I just thought he was older, but no, he's, he's young and uh really nice guy we had such a good time it was such a great night you know and to have great nights like that after all this has happened to me is like just what i need in fact i think i wrote to amelia the next day i'm like listen this is just what i needed meanwhile it was great that i went down there he booked me for a sunday night show at five o'clock sure that's not the best but i just need stage time and then he booked me in connecticut at one of his clubs that i've done before which i like he goes here do this on june 29th you can do this and he's just been really helpful and really nice, and I just need to get on stage. So it was great. Now, meanwhile, my old self is saying, oh, crap, I got to do these shows. You know, because I really don't want to do shows. But I think the more I do it, the better off I'll be. The only issues I always have is when my friends aren't around, 
I get upset. And that's the issue, you know? So, like, if my friends aren't with me, I, I just get upset. I just, I want to perform with my friends. That's why, you know, if me and Rachel could do shows together, then it's great. Anybody I know, you know, Chris Murphy, I'm, I'm going to feel comfortable and have a great time. And more on that later. So then Saturday, I planned on going to the beach, uh, to the cabana, uh, with my new friend, Audrey, who's only 22, but everybody loves her. She's easy to be around, and, you know, my friend uh, Dave Elliott, who, you know, uh, met her, and he loved her, too. Like, she's like, oh, she's... Now, I don't remember what she was saying. She was so mellow and cool. I don't remember what she was saying, but I remember... Go like is she terrific? She's terrific, and I was just reminded of the Manhattan murder mystery scene. I always think about with Alan Alden, Woody Allen, and Diane Keaton, and Angelica Houston. And Diane Keaton has this thing, but then she gets all jealous because Angelica Houston comes in and is so cool, and they're just like, "Where did you find this woman? She's terrific." Make any sense at all, Larry? Because suddenly, you know, he murders her. I mean, what's it all about? Let me let me call Vincent's restaurant in New Jersey, and why don't we go meet Ted, Marsha, and get something to eat? Wait a minute, at one in the morning? So what? What are you talking about? Ted Ted was taking us to a show and to to dinner. All the way out to New Jersey. Hey, kid, this is the apple. This is a town that never sleeps. That's why we don't live in Duluth. That plus, I don't know where Duluth is. Lucky me. You really saw his face. You saw what he looked like. Yes, I'm here to tell you. It was Mr. Hamilton. Not a question. I mean, you could see him because, you know, there was just no way that you could avoid him. To me, it's obvious. How obvious? Obvious he's committed the perfect murder. Why? Okay, look. You have to start off with another woman who bears some ballpark resemblance to Mrs. House. Yeah. That's what I said. It's exact. I use the term ballpark resemblance I know, myself. You I use it was the my term, idea. Right? They're I with this woman. Said. Yeah. Maybe having dinner. They don't induce a heart attack because that's fiction bullshit. She has a heart attack. She drops dead spontaneously. They had no thought of killing her. Maybe they wish she was dead. Why? I don't know. Maybe they stood to gain if she died. Hmm. They see a golden opportunity. Mrs. House dresses her up in her clothes. She hides. This is my theory, exactly my theory. That's right. She checks into a hotel. Yeah, well, we got that far with the exception of the actual spontaneous heart attack. Okay, you know the husband's planning to go to Paris with this pretty young woman? Yeah. He's cheating on his wife. So instead of finishing the scheme they planned, he double crosses her and kills her, taking her share of the profits. Well, you think think Helen Moss is in on this too? Yeah, good chance she's aware. Okay, but what about Mrs. Dalton? He claims he took her to the movies. She's his alibi. She covered from when he strangled his wife. She said he was at work all day. That's right, because he introduced her as a colleague. Wait, wait, wait. A colleague who maybe loves him. Oh, oh wait, wait, he's wow. cheating on her, too. Cheating on two yeah, women? Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. This guy it doesn't look the part. Oh, the point is, he's gotten away with a perfect murder. There are no bodies around to prove anything, and all the paperwork's strictly above board. He's home free. Oh, where did you find this woman? She's a genius. She's brilliant, she's brilliant. But the guy, he knows that we know, so he's well, not he doesn't care. Woman. Why should he? Everything's been neatly disposed of. He's home free. Only he and maybe his mistress know the truth. Well, he's right. There's nobody. Hold on one second. We don't know this is all true. This is just a theory. Yeah, but it's a great theory. Paying attention is a great theory. Everything fits together in this. I think it's great. When I come back from the ladies' room, I'll tell you how to trap him. Where did you find her? I mean, she's, 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 she's really something. You know, she's got one idea after another. It's like one thing leads to another. I'm surprised you two didn't drill yourselves to death. 
Oh, yeah, I don't be just had a nice first date. I knew that uh -huh. they would hit it off. Yeah, I, I knew this. Yeah, uh huh. What about you? You were going to jump into her lap. I saw you, Larry. What are you talking about? Huh? Come on, what's wrong with you? I'm her editor. I'm, I'm the father figure to her. Yeah, the only thing you didn't do was rub your hands together. That was it. What you got to be joking. What are you, you telling me that you're jealous of Marsha? Well, it's not Kids. that I'm jealous. Kids, people, people, what are we doing here? Yeah, look who's talking. My God, I mean, you kept staring into her eyes like she was the dragon lady. What's wrong with you? Are you jealous because he's he's interested I, in her? You're just in her theory. I'd just like to know if you take all your So it's like just kind of funny because if uh, if Dave's wife was Diane Keaton, she was just like really angry, I guess, or something. And I mean, can't blame her. Anybody that's 22, just women just get angry. But, uh, yeah, she's just a pleasure to be around. She's easy. Uh, you know, she got me to go in the water, and it was freezing, which made me so happy because when you go to the beach, you go in the water, you feel like you've really accomplished something. The water was pretty cold, but it was fun. And, uh, yeah, it was a good time. And, like, me and Dave were just like, where did you find this woman? Like, yeah, she's terrific, right? I wish I could remember some of the reasons why, but I was pretty drunk. Uh, so, yeah, we were drinking pretty early, but it was super fun. And uh, but then it was just such a long day again. So we've spent two really long days together and we're thinking about going to Boston for, um, you know, Dave and Donna's, uh, you know, for this, this, this cars reading thing in, in Boston. But unfortunately, guys, I, I, I don't think I'm going to go. And because uh, Memo's not going, you know, you're not having the screening. It's not a big deal. I mean, I understand about the screening thing and everything, but I think we, you know, we, you know, I don't know. I, I'm probably not going to go, and I'm I'm sorry. I, I was looking forward to it, and it seemed exciting. But, uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to go. I'm sorry, you guys. Um, these are, you know, really lovely people that uh, are putting together. It's a, a guy's book has come out about Ben Orr from the cars. And, um, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. It's just, I, I mean, I still think maybe I'll go. I mean, I don't have anything else to do this weekend, but. Yeah, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people I want to see there. There's um, my friend Eric Barrio who wrote the music for the Cars movie. Uh, and this guy Eric Green who worked on the Cars movie. So it's kind of want to see him, but like if it was here, it'd be a no brainer. But because it's uh, in Boston and it's kind of outside of Boston, I don't, I don't know. Right now I'm not going. It's Monday. Uh, that's my plan. But I've been away like for two weekends in a row. Travel, so I, I don't know. And I, I don't think I'm going to do it. And I apologize so much. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think me and Audrey now, are, I think we're sick of each other already because we've spent such long days together. You know, it's like annoying. You know, I mean, you can only take people for so much. But we'll be in love again by uh, tomorrow. It's just as easy to be around. I don't, I don't know. You know, it's like weird. It's like. I, I always go everywhere by myself, you know, so to find somebody that doesn't mind traveling and and like I said last week, you can, you can hang out, you can leave with people and she's easy to talk to. I don't know. It's just easy. It's nice to it's nice to go somewhere with somebody once in a while. Um, and especially somebody that can put up with me because I'm, you know, well, I'm going to complain about a Caesar salad that comes out incorrectly. So if you can put up with that, but of course, she's a huge fan of Larry David, so it would make sense that. She, I didn't say she would find it charming, but uh, she can deal with it. Uh, so it makes a lot of sense. Uh, anyway, last night I had this show at five o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday at the New York Comedy Club. I wasn't 
being picky. I'm just like, who the hell's going to show up? That was Father's Day, whatever. And I just woke up the next. I, I didn't have. Oh, I didn't have a good night's sleep. I started to have like a panic attack or I couldn't breathe. I was getting so, you know, and like I said, when you don't have insurance, you panic about everything. So it escalated. I have an inhaler I was using. I took that. I was drinking something. I just had to relax. I really thought I was going to pass out and maybe die. Like this was Saturday night. So I didn't do any sleeping. I was very nervous. I was having trouble breathing. This has happened once before. It's got to be a panic attack. I just started to panic. I don't know why. Uh, maybe I drank too much. I don't know. Maybe I ate too much. I, I Who knows? But I started to panic about not having insurance. So that was wielding in. And I almost, I thought I was going to pass out. I just couldn't catch my breath. And, you know, now I'm thinking, I'm so fucking Jewy and psychosomatic. I'm thinking about it now. And now I can't catch my breath. But, um, yeah, so I was like so panicked. So I had trouble sleeping that night. And I finally fell asleep like at 6, 7 in the morning. I woke up at noon. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this show. I don't want to do... I know I got to get out of here by 5 o'clock. I'd like to just do nothing today. I want to do the podcast. But, oh, my God. I had a cup of coffee around like 4 o'clock to kind of get... I'm like, let me just make the coffee. I'm not going to go out and make the coffee. Maybe that'll make me feel better. I can practice this set a little bit. Thank God I went out. Thank God I went out. Let me tell you, folks. You know how it is. You stay inside. Nothing's going to happen. You go out. Shit happens. Shit happens. If I hadn't gone out last night, I don't know if I would have been able to even put a podcast together today. I would have been so depressed and so upset. Going out last night was the smartest thing I ever did. I got there at 5 o'clock. I did the show. The stuff that I knew was going to work worked. Uh, I tried a couple new things. I can fix them. Very smart to go on. And then Chris Murphy was there. So my friend was there. God, you know, it was so great to see him. And then I met this girl. This girl, her name is Alga Namer. And we just hit it off. She's great. I didn't see her perform, but Chris was like, she's going to be big. And then we just started talking. And we just like, you know, we, she's an Orthodox Jew. She was an Orthodox Jew. Now she's just doing comedy. She's really pretty. And we just hit it off. And we hung out all night long. And, uh, I, you know, she's going to be like the next Rachel or Sarah. You know, like, um, you know, she's good. She's going she's gonna to go someplace, I think. But I don't even know. I mean, I didn't see her perform. But you can just kind of get a, a sense of somebody when you're with them. You can tell the differences between people like these pretty girls, these really pretty girls that do comedy that suck. And you can tell when you're talking to them, like, yeah, I just want to focus on my comedy. She wasn't like that. She was just saying, talking regular stuff, you know, and that's the key. So we went to this bar after, and I was with her and the guy that books this show, this uh, Filipino kid who I like very much. And I was with her and this guy and this other really pretty girl. And we're at the bar drinking, right? It's just like it's Sunday at like six o'clock. So we're just, you know, we're just like there's four of us there, this old man's bar. But I'm telling you, it made me feel like a million bucks because I'm sitting at the bar and I'm drinking and I'm just wearing a T-shirt and ripped up jeans. I'm like, I'm not dressing up anymore for comedy. I'm a professional. I can wear whatever I want. It's a Sunday at five o'clock. I'm not going to worry. So I was feeling very relaxed, but I was sitting at the bar, like with my back to the bar, holding my beer. And these girls were like, you know, like listening to me in the front. Like I, I, I must have looked like I was Matthew McConaughey. In a movie where I just looked so cool, these girls were like kind of hanging on my every word. It was exciting. Not hanging, but just like I, I felt like, they're like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, let me explain to you about comedy in the 90s, girls. Now, this kind of, com you know, like it was kind of really funny. But if you would come in or if there was a camera that came in, you'd be like, well, who the fuck is this guy? It was, it was amazing. I was, I was in the moment and I was like, this is so funny. Like, I almost want to move away from this area because I feel like an idiot. Uh, but... It, you know, it was fun, and we were having a good time. 
these girls were both so pretty, but uh, and really nice. We were just having a good time talking about comedy and. You know, because they were like, well, how are you opening for Sarah? And I'm like, I, I, I don't know how to explain this. is what I tell everybody. I'm like, I had one good set in 1996. And I'm telling you, kids, all you need is one good set. And you can rest on those laurels like I have for years. It's worked like a charm. Trust me. That's why I have no money and uh, everything's fine and you're 50. Um, yeah, so maybe that's not the way. But they're like, you know, everybody's like, what if you don't do comedy? How do you get those kids? I'm like, it's one good set in 96. I'm telling you. Anyway, so me and this... Uh, Girl, we went out. I I drove her in the date rape van down to, uh, you know, my bar and, uh, you know, down in the West Village. She lives in the West Village, so I drove her down, and we had another couple of drinks. Both of us didn't want to drink. We ended up drinking, and then we're talking. So anyway, so then when I was at the other bar with this guy, he also runs a show on Wednesday at the DoubleTree Hotel on Ninth Avenue. So now I got a gig on Wednesday, and then she, this girl, she plays at um, Governor's in Long Island, which is a club I've never been to. And I used to play a lot of clubs in Long Island. Never been to Governor's Hotel. That's his, like, hometown club, whatever. And they love her there. The owners love her. So they're making her headline in August. She doesn't have an hour of material. They're making her do it because they love her so much. And apparently she goes out there every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And they give her an Uber back and forth. This is how much they like her. So she's got to be good. I know I didn't see her, but Jesus Christ, I have never heard about anything like that in my life. And it's not this guy's married, the owner of the club, he's married, him and his wife love her. I mean, unless they're swingers somehow and they're grooming her for something like Michael Jackson shit. I don't understand this girl. She's not young. You know, she's, I mean, she's 33. So she's, you know, it's not, you know, she's not 18 or anything. But, uh, but then she said, why don't you come with me to Governor's on Thursday? You could do this. I'm like, this is perfect. So I got two gigs out of going out on Sunday night. And it's beautiful. And then we decided we're going to do a YouTube show together. I love this girl. She's fantastic. It's, where, where did you find this guy? Your mind, you know, it works. I just, you know, I found, what are you, jealous of her now? Yeah, so it's terrific. She's really nice, you know, and, uh, you know, so we're going to hang out on Wednesday and Thursday. We're doing two shows together. This is what I needed. I needed a comedy buddy, somebody to keep going to shows with. You know, the, the, the bad part, though, is if maybe she's not going to like my act. You know, like on Wednesday, she's going to see it. She's like, oh, uh, yeah, listen, uh, Thursday. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, she's doing this thing. And I, was, I asked her, I was like, you know, you should have Chris Murphy open for you. It would be really cool. So I was kind of hoping that's going to work out for him because, you know, he's, Chris is a great guy. I'm going to have him. As soon as I have people that I can have people over, I'm going to have him on the podcast. And you'll see he's just been a good friend for a long time. But, uh, yeah, so thank God I went out Sunday, so I was feeling good. And Rachel's like, are we doing Souls? Like, are we doing Souls? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing it. Because I was like, what am I going to do? But I'm like, no, come on, let's do it. Monday, we're going to get up even though I'm a little loaded. But I'm sticking a beer. She was drinking tequila, so she was drunk. But I'm sticking a beer. I'm sticking a beer. I'm just having bottles of Bud. That doesn't fuck me up as much. And then I can do stuff the next day instead of drinking, like, drink drinks. It's a little bit fattening. But I think it's the right thing to do. Stick with the beer. Who knows? You know, I mean, whatever. And uh, yeah, so I was pretty happy. And then, you know, I got these gigs. So I, then I'm like, oh, I can do the podcast. I can go out, do this thing, do the podcast. Then uh, I don't have anything to do Tuesday. But the Wednesday and Thursday, I got shows. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> Hello. 
Oh, you don't remember me. No, should I? Uh, yeah, 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 you should. Because I certainly remember you. Let me refresh your memory. June 14th, 1987. Mets, Phillies, you made a big error, cost the Mets the game. Then you're coming up the parking lot ramp. You said, nice game, pretty boy. Ah, you remember. And then you spit on us. Hey, I didn't spit at you. Oh, yeah, right. No, 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 well, then, then who was it? Well, look, the way I remember it, I was walking up the ramp. I was upset about the game. That's when you called me pretty boy. Okay, that ticked me off. I was started to turn around to say something. And as I turned around, I saw Roger McDowell behind the bushes over by that gravelly road. Anyway, he was talking to someone and they were pointing at you. I tried to scream out, but it was too late. It was already on its way. Told you. Wow, it was McDowell. But why? Why McDowell? Well, maybe because we were sitting in the right field stands, cursing at him in the bullpen all game. He must have caught a glimpse of us when I poured that beer on his head. I played that because uh, it was June 14th, uh, three days ago. So uh, Murphy called me up. He goes, hey, it's June 14th. And I'm like, I don't understand. He goes, June 14th, Mets, Phillies. You made a huge error that cost the Mets the game. June 14th. Uh, you know what I've been trying to find out, and it's pretty easy, and I guess I could do the research. Um, was there an actual Mets-Phillies game on June 14th? And did Keith Hernandez cause the error? And then you got to hand it to Keith Hernandez if that was any kind of... I mean, the fact that this guy came in, he goes, do I really have to... You have to make a thing where I caused an error? That's so fucking cool that he doesn't care. And he's like, you know, and certainly even the best players cause an error once in a while. But June 14th, Mets-Phillies. I like that. Um, before we go, Ali McGuffin, uh, a, a listener to the podcast who I uh, follow through Twitter, uh, was kind enough to send me this SCTV clip that I had never seen before. Uh, it's, it's not the best clip ever. You know, I'm not blaming Ali. I'm just saying it's, it's an interesting clip because I, I maybe that why I don't remember, but it, it does remind you of how awesome John Candy was and Joe Flaherty and everybody, but there's all these extras in it, which is odd. And I looked it up when it was, I thought it may be early, but it, it was the NBC years. And she sent it to me, which is the loveliest thing because I was talking about that. Uh, Lee Maracas at his wife's 50. It didn't have any food. He didn't have enough food. And she sent me this uh, clip from SCTV called emergency caterers, but it's so much fun to listen to because Joe Flaherty is so funny. And John Candy was just the coolest. <laughs> Coming soon to SCTV. Oh, it's mouthwatering action at its best. I'm starving. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm a little hungry myself. Let me see what I can do. Honey, shouldn't we put some more food up? The guests are starving. No way, babe. We ran out of food. The fridge was packed with goodies. Not anymore. We ran out 15 minutes ago. The sardines were the last to go. Oh, no. What are we going to do? How could you let this happen? No food. No food. You gotta do something fast. <laughs> There's only one thing to do. I'll call the emergency. The hunger. The hunger. Rampart, relax here. What? Yes, well, somebody there right away. 
Emergency. Emergency. Code three. We have a party that's out of food. Let's go, boys. It's so funny, you know, they had that big budget for uh, NBC. So it's so well done in the sense of like, the stuff that they get, the the catering stuff is like the truck is all stacked with stuff and they have these boxes that come out with like stuff. And then when they're driving the truck, when John Candy's driving the emergency caterer's truck, they're dri- they are showing scenes from which I'm positive is the movie Bullet with Steve McQueen under the uh, the Astoria train, the under the N train, which clearly isn't the case because they tape in Canada so I remember that was funny too they're the emergency caterers let's go stay back John Candy's knocking down the door with an axe and they're all like on the floor dead of hunger not dead get those appetizers and these people now get some hot dogs for later Frank Get the real estate set up and some sandwiches ready. I'll get some drinks and eat people. Okay, okay, come on, get those unearthed going. Okay, pal, here you go. It's a little Twinkie. Come on, chew that. He's, he's making him eat a Twinkie. One, two. Here's some roughage. I'll be back with the sandwich later. Have another mushroom. Put it in there. One more. Just one more. One more. Okay, feeling all right? Yeah. Okay. Better. Just munch on these for a while. Anybody need any hot food? Come on, Al. Come on, snap out of it. Open your mouth. Open your mouth there. Come on. That's it. He's coming too. He's coming too. Any more coffee uh, before I leave? Mm, mm, you sure a little dessert? No, no. Hey. Now promise me one thing. Mm. Next time you have a party, plan it a little more carefully. Uh, I have learned a valuable lesson, Mr. Caterer. We certainly did. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Emergency. Code 8. Party out of Come case. on, boys, we gotta move! Look out! Clear the way! Clear the way! It's emergency caterers. So good, you'll come back for more. Next week on SCTV. Oh, the, the, John Candy was the greatest. So when I was uh, going through it and, and, and looking for it, I had found something I remember. They used to have a thing called Five Neat Guys. I don't know if you remember. It was John Candy, Rick Moranis, Eugene Levy, Dave Thomas, and Joe Flaherty. Five Neat Guys, they were like a band, you know, a, a group from the 50s. But I remember this as a kid when they are at the People's Gold Global Golden Choice Awards and they're singing the, and it's so great and so satirical. They're singing, they bring out the Five Neat Guys to sing a medley of songs from the from the movies of that year, I guess 81, uh, nominated for Best Picture. But it's so great because, you know, they do this at the Oscars every year. Like Billy Crystal used to do it his way or something, talking about this. So they bring in these guys, but nobody had ever done that before. This is way before Billy Crystal even attempted this. But they would always do these kind of things and then having the five neat guys do it too. And they have this little, at the beginning, that it turns out Joe Flaherty's character is always drunk. They always have this thing. So that's how it opens. Welcome back to the People's Global Golden Choice Awards. did he have? And now, with their salute to the best music from the year's best films, The Five Neat Guys. On Golden Pond with the Fondas, spent the whole summer with Kate. In comes the kid, the film didn't hit the skids. 
And that's why that flick was so great. That was on Golden Pond. I remember, you know, I haven't listened to this at all. I didn't listen to it before I got on. I just always remember Raiders of the Lost Ark or something like that. Or, uh, But that was on Golden Pond. Another There's day. no reds. reds like dead reds for me. Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark. Well, met a Nazi. Hey! Absence of malice? <laughs> Absence of malice? Well, I think that's all there is, right? <laughs> they had nothing. <laughs> Absence of malice. <laughs> I remember laughing so there hard. There were chariots of fire, but I have to inquire why they didn't have uh, no chariots in the movie. Oh my god. <laughs> I remember. Was a drunk little rich kid. He drove around in limousines, and that's our tribute to the streets. Best films. I think people are booing. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, I remember that so much. I, I remember just laughing so hard, especially the absence of malice when I had forgotten. I knew there was one where they just said the word of the movie, and I couldn't remember what it was because those movies are so old. But uh, absence of malice, right, that had nothing. Oh, my God. So, Ali, thank you so much. You know I love my SCTV. You know I love it. It's unbelievable, right? Come on. Oh, man, that makes me happy, right? It makes me happy. It does. Well, listen, you know, I think, oh, I just wanted to also say this. Remember what I said last week about Tony Awards? Viewers for Sunday night's Tony Awards on CBS, hosted by James Corden, it's an, uh, 5.5 million. It's an all-time low for the telecast and was down 15% from last year. Remember I told you that this was the year they needed to beef, beef it up because Les Moonves is gone? I wonder if the Tonys air on CBS next year it's just going to keep going down unless you have bradley cooper hosting or somebody of that magnitude like hugh jackman and even that's not going to help you guys really messed it up you didn't show the right songs figure it out man why do that to yourselves now you're going to be on pbs for the rest of your days you've ruined broadway single-handedly whoever's in charge of that and i'll get to them i'll find out who it is anyway That's the show for today. I don't know what to expect for next week. I got some gigs coming up. We'll uh, talk about that, of course. You know, this stuff happening, I guess, slowly but surely, as we all head into the July 18th, 19th, the 20th, Sarah Silverman gigs. God, we saw, you know, when we were driving back from, uh, I was driving Audrey home, and we were on Brooklyn, so you can see the skyline of Manhattan on the other side. And we saw where I'm going to be performing at the South Street Seaport. It's amazing. Like, you can see it. It's all colored and stuff. And I'm not using that as a derogatory term. It was all, like, it was all, like, in different colors, like the rooftop. It looked amazing. And I saw the big screen. I'm like, that's going to be so funny when people are driving on the BQE 
they're going to be able to see my face on the big screen. I mean, that's amazing. And here we are just in our little podcast studio, and there's going to be a day like that. Well, that should cheer somebody up, you know, as long as it goes well. But I think it will. I'll have enough time by them, and everything should be cool, right? That's what one would figure. So we'll see what the days bring us as we continue the podcast. As the podcast will never die, clearly. And we continue bringing you the story, the cliffhangers, the action, the tears, the drama, all of it. As we continue the summer of Juskow. And it is so far so good. Everybody have such a great week. And I'll see you next week on the Night Flag. Good night, everybody. There's only one way.